1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Welcome to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm Matthew of castingacross.com, where I explore the quarry and culture of fly fishing. On episode 134, we're going to be talking about probably the most important piece of fly fishing gear outside of rod, line, reel, and fly. Notice the order there. Now that's my, my priority of orders with that sort of gear, rod, line, reel, and fly, especially when you're talking about fishing for trout. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about sunglasses. Sunglasses. Sunglasses are one of the only things where if I show up on the water and I don't have them, I will go buy a cheap pair because they are necessary. They are essential. I do not want to find myself fly fishing without a pair of sunglasses, polarized sunglasses on my face. So we'll talk about that and a little bit about how I would suggest going about picking a pair of frames and how I would go about picking a pair of lenses. So frames and lenses, and then we'll talk a little bit about price, and then we're gonna talk about how I have chosen sunglasses over time and what I'm fishing in now. That is simply what I'm fishing in. It doesn't mean that you need to go out and get those particular pairs of sunglasses, but just to kind of share my thought process and sum up everything else we talk about. So sunglasses, the podcast, here we go. Why do you need good polarized sunglasses when you go fly fishing? Well, they help you see fish, but they don't just help you see where fish are. They help you see where fish should be. So you need a good pair of polarized sunglasses to see fish. So if you are fishing in a location where you can spot fish, whether that be the fish itself or the shadow of a fish or simply a part of a fish, having those polarized sunglasses that will cut through the glare will allow you to sight fish. And remember, sight fishing doesn't always mean having that perfect head to tail image of a fish out in front of you. Sometimes it means seeing a particular spot of where you're going to fish. It's great when you can watch a trout come from the middle of the water column up to the surface to sip a dry fly. So you can make a cast, you know, 10 or 15 feet above it and let it drift down and watch the whole thing happen. That's a lot of fun. Everybody loves that. At the same time, if you see a weed bed or you see a rock or you see a ledge or something like that, to be able to pinpoint that spot because you have some polarized sunglasses on that are cutting through the glare, then that is incredibly helpful. So it's seeing the fish when that is an option, but it's seeing where the fish should be. Getting the lay of the land of the river or the stream of the pond is so incredibly important. So, and there's, there's other things too, is you can, you're, it's not just the, the, that first cast, 
having glasses, you're able to watch how a fish reacts to a fly. You can see those minute movements in their head or in their tail or in their fins when a fly is drifting past, and you're able to read those things with much more acuity if you have those polarized glasses, and you can watch it, and you can make those changes to your presentation or your fly or even your, your cast. So to be able to see that, it just gives you more data. Similarly, where fish should be, that kind of leads me into my next point, which is safety. So wearing polarized sunglasses is good for seeing fish and where fish should be, but also it is providing you safety. So I think you know probably one of the main reasons why having something over your eyes is important when fly fishing. I would say the first thing that you're going to encounter more often than not is for waiting. When you step off of a ledge or you step onto a big, flat, slippery, moss-covered rock, you are going to find yourself in a world of wet hurt. And so to be able to have a polarized pair of glasses and see through that water column, and you're already going to be fighting against that depth perception that happens with the refraction of light and water, and what looks like it's two feet might actually be three and a half feet or something like that. What looks like it's a short step away is actually a long step away, so you find yourself stretching your foot more and more and more. Having a pair of polarized glasses is going to cut down on being uncertain about what's under the water, and you're only fighting that depth perception and that light refraction and not being unable to see what's below you. So there's plenty of times where I am not sight fishing at all, but I've still got those polarized glasses on to cut down on the glare. And I guess I'll talk about that third facet and component of safety here in a second, but I'm wearing them so I can see what's underfoot, whether I'm in the ocean or whether I'm on a small stream, even on a tiny stream where I'm not ankle deep. I want to know that what I'm stepping on is going to be a smooth surface so that I'm able to cast, not even just stand up, be able to cast. I think the other thing that I'd like to mention there is just the safety of your eyes from a glare perspective. You do not want to be having bright sunlight coming in from the top, directly in front of you, the sides, or from reflecting off the water all day long. That causes fatigue. When you have fatigue, then you lose uh, you know, being on the ball. You start to get sloppy, you start to get lazy, you start to close your eyes more, you start to blink more, your eyes begin to water, and there's long-term damage that can occur, of course, but even just on that day, you lose your edge when your eyes are tired from that bright sunlight coming in from any number of angles. But then the third thing I would say is you want to be able to guard yourself against flies. No one wants to take a fly to the eyeball. I've seen some nasty pictures I wish I hadn't have seen of people who've hit their eye with just the head of the fly and then even worse with the actual hook of the fly and if you have some glasses on they might be compromised they might be scratched they might be broken but that is way better you know i would much rather buy a new pair of expensive sunglasses than to have my eye damaged when i'm out on the water very very bad news so having a pair of sunglasses on at all times no matter what's going on is important if you're casting a fly if it's a small fly but especially if it's a big heavy weighted fly you can do some real damage with a big weighted saltwater streamer so that's why you wear polarized sunglasses it's not just to look cool and it's not just to keep the sun out of your eyes it's so that you can see fish where they are where they should be and for safety both for wading from sunlight and from flies so with that being said, what should you look for in frames? Well, the first thing that I would say is when you're picking out a pair of frames, style matters. But at the same time, it's not the most important thing. Thankfully today, you know, there are plenty of companies with price ranges from $20 to $300 that offer 
every style of frame imaginable. So there are the big aviator frames, there's pretty sleek, you know, wraparound frames, and there's wire, and there is metal, and there is plastic, and there's polycarbonate, and everything in between. What I would say to focus on, first and foremost, is how do they fit? Looks matter, but if they shift when you turn your head, they drop off your face when you lean over, that's not what you want. You want them to fit and fit snugly. You don't want them to move on your ears, and you don't want them to move on your nose. Similarly, you don't want them to pinch your head or the top of your ears or your nose. All of those things are going to get really aggravating if you're wearing a pair of sunglasses for 8 or 10 hours. You do not want something that's going to be moving around, but you also don't want something that's going to pinch. So try on sunglasses. Try to find some that have comfortable nose pads. Try to find some that have comfortable ear um, or, or, or frame, or excuse me, arms. And one of the things I really like about a pair of glasses is something that has rubberized nose pads or rubberized arms, both preferably. And what that does is that it gives a little bit of flexibility if my hair grows out a little bit or if I have a hat on or if I start to sweat, if I move around, having something rubberized, some sort of even sticky rubber. There's lots of brands out there that have a sticky rubber compound on the arms and on the nose. Not sticky so it's going to be tacky on you, but it's just not going to move around. But you want that fit to be within a good range. And then if it has something like that on the nose and on the arms, then it's going to keep it where it's supposed to be. Once you find a pair of frames that fits you well, you want to think about coverage. Now, coverage matters for a few reasons. You don't just want the light that is going directly into your pupils, so what you're looking at, to be what sunglasses filter out. Ideally, the sunglasses are actually filtering out a lot of the peripheral light also, so light that's coming in from above below into the sides. Above you can mitigate by wearing a hat. You should probably wear a hat too. I mean that's going to protect your head, it's going to keep bugs off of you, all that sort of stuff. So you can usually mitigate the amount of light that's coming in through the top of your frames by wearing a hat. But what's coming in from the sides and coming up from below, that's really what you want to focus on. So finding a frame that fits your face to block out that peripheral light and the light that bounces up off of the water and up to your cheeks and underneath your sunglasses, you know, that's the kind of thing that you want to try to get rid of as much as possible. So again, this is where style might have to go by the wayside to find something that really wraps around and is a little bit bigger, but you are definitely going to appreciate it. And I think we're in a day and age where, you know, this isn't the 90s. We're not all wearing the super sleek Oakleys anymore. Aviators are back in, big bulky sunglasses are back in. So if style is a real high priority, you can get away with wearing pretty much everything these days. I mean, those those cheap like $5 big plastic frame sunglasses are back in, you know, the, the ones with neon arms and, and you know, giant uh, Anthony Michael Hall looking um, sunglass frames. Those are, those are in style. So you have a lot of flexibility with what you, you wear that can give you that good coverage. And, you know, something that I used to sell a lot, and this was, you know, 20 years ago at a fly shop with these little um, kind of nylon arm uh, sleeves that you slide on the arms of your glasses and they, you could mold them to your face to block out all that uh, peripheral light that was coming in the sides. And that's incredibly helpful. It cuts down on fatigue and it uh, also cuts down on glare coming in from the side of your eye. So if the sun is blaring at you from your right, but you need to be looking directly ahead, you're not 
inadvertently or consciously turning your head away from that sunlight. You're able to focus on what's in front of you. So if you find a pair of frames that can duplicate that effect by having really wide arms, uh, so the arms are not just the thin arms that go to the uh, part of the frame where the lenses are, but they actually get really wide, or you find lenses that kind of start to wrap around. I don't think that you need big, enormous lenses to do this job for you. I think you can get by on the frames doing the job for you. But again, that's a style preference, and that's something that uh, comfort and fit are going to dictate as well. Again, although there's so many different frames out there, you're not going to have an infinite amount of options for every particular variable. The third thing I'd say with frames, so you have fit, you have coverage, and then style. I mentioned this a few times before, but there's also a form and function kind of intersection here. There's a function to a good pair of frames. You can grab them with your hands, not just on the arms, but on the, the frames by the lenses, and pull them off without smudging them. Smudges are an incredible nuisance. And, you know, a smudge can be one thing, but if you grab those lenses and you have something on your hands and that something is abrasive, whether it be a little bit of sand or gravel or even just, you know, you have some gunk on your hand, then you're going to damage your lenses and that is absolutely no good. Now hopefully you have a pair of lenses that aren't going to damage just by you touching them but over and over time again and if you do have a pair of compromised lenses then that is going to happen. So for that reason I'm not a huge fan of rimless glasses for fishing. I'm not a huge fan of rimless uh, you know frameless lenses uh, to to begin with. I feel like they have gotten scratched every time I've owned a pair. They have gotten scratched so much faster and over the dumbest things uh, than my pair of traditional looking sunglasses. I also like a plastic lens, or excuse me, a plastic frame, excuse me, uh, as more than a metal frame. I have a couple pairs of metal frame sunglasses that I absolutely love, but they're not my hardcore fishing glasses. They're more for style or I'll, I'll wear them if I'm um, out in the sun crazy bright because they're kind of more the aviator style and I'm out on maybe the ocean or on the flats or something like that. And, and things are just a little bit more easy. But if I'm on the river and I'm having to move things around a lot, maybe it's towards the end of the day, I'm shifting my glass around in my head, looking over the, the, um, the top of them or something like that. I want a big chunky plastic frame so that I can just grab them and they're going to also offer a little bit of that coverage I was talking about earlier. A metal frame is not going to offer any coverage. They're going to be as thin as possible to cut down on weight and also heat. Uh, a metal frame will heat up if you are in the sun, which is probably where you're going to be if you're wearing sunglasses. It's a lot of information, so fit, coverage, and style. I would take them in that order. Find something that fits, find something that offers adequate coverage and in my opinion, it doesn't matter if that comes from the lens or that comes from the frame. And then thirdly, style. How do you want to look? Uh, there is a function aspect to the form, but these days you do have a lot of options. So that's the frames. Now comes the money part, lenses. Now, every different brand has a different name to their lens colors, but I think you can kind of knock them into three major categories. There's your grays, your ambers, and then your lights, which usually are yellow tinted. So they're related to amber, but they're different enough. When I wear gray lenses, I wear gray lenses when it is incredibly bright. I wear gray lenses when I'm out on the ocean and there's not going to be shade, even if there's clouds. You know, that, that ocean, especially if you're fishing like the flats where you have um, a light bottom, the amount of light that is reflecting off of the water and on the, the, the ocean floor and just from the clouds even on an incredibly overcast day, there's just so much light everywhere. And so I will fish with a gray lens. Um, it blocks out the most light and it 
a good lens is still going to provide a lot of contrast. So it is a misnomer that a dark pair of lenses is going to make everything around you dark. A good pair of lenses is still going to create contrast because what it's doing is offering that polarization and the filtering of that sunlight. So you're still seeing what's in front of you. It's just offering a little bit of shade as well as some filtration and some and also popping some colors and giving you some contrast. So I will wear a gray lens in those situations or if I'm out on a lake or if I'm in a big river and it's incredibly sunny. Now, I never feel like I'm at a real compromise with the exception of when I'm out on open water in the ocean if I switch to an amber lens. So an amber lens, some companies call it copper, but this is kind of that medium uh, power lens, which is a great all around lens. And this is the one that I will use almost for all of my trout fishing, most of my big river fishing, my normal driving glasses, and you get a lot of light coming in, but it's filtered enough so that your eyes are given a break and you just get a lot of clarity because of that polarization, whether that be through your windshield or whether that be through the the water that you're, you're wading through. So that's when I will go to an amber lens. Now, I also love fishing a very, very light hardly tinted yellow polarized lens that gives me the polarization so the glare reduction as well as the eye protection in incredibly low light conditions and you know i'm not an optician or an optometrist and actually if you put a gun to my head i always get those two mixed up but it's almost like your your eyes are tricked when you have this this light yellow lens in front of you it lightens everything up that the contrast also pops in that situation and even in low light conditions I feel like you can really see what's around you very very well I'm always so surprised at the end of the day when I am done fishing and I've kept my uh, yellow lenses on all fishing session long and I get to the car and I take them off and I realize it's really dark out and I've had my sunglasses on all day and I'm sure you've had that experience also but I like to have these in my car all the time in case fishing runs late or I'm out early and I want to throw those on. They're not lenses like I drive in or anything like that. They look a lot like the lenses that people who wear like shooting glasses wear, um, but they do a great job of giving you that protection and that polarization and the lowest lights. So a couple of comments on lenses. I like lenses with a mirrored finished. That does a couple things. One, uh, it makes me very incognito. You know, people can't see my eyes when I'm walking around. It doesn't matter that much to me, but I'm used to it. So uh, if I switched to a pair of lenses that weren't mirrored now, I'd probably be staring at people and they could see me staring at them. Uh, secondly, uh, that also offers a little bit more glare reduction. So it, what does a mirror do? It reflects light. So instead of that light filtering through those lenses and into your eyeballs, it is being reflected to a little bit more degree than if you didn't have a mirrored lens. That's all look kind of cool. They're not that matte kind of uh, lens color, but they're a little bit shiny. So I like that. Uh, and then glass or plastic. Now, not every company offers a glass option. In fact, it's not that common because it's more expensive and it's generally speaking heavier, but a good quality pair of glass lenses is not going to be that heavy. And I'll talk about why I choose the glasses that I've chosen. Um, and glass is one of the main reasons. But plastic is going to be lighter. It's going to be less expensive. Glass is going to be it's much more scratch resistant. A good pair of lenses are going to be pretty scratch resistant and going to be pretty shatterproof. Glass can be more scratch resistant. Plastic is going to be more shatterproof. But again, you know, if you're talking a premium pair of sunglasses, they're both going to be pretty resistant to both of those things. But that's that's the big difference. Glass is going to offer you more, more clarity. I mean, glass is always more clear than plastic. That's why we don't have plastic windows. 
And when you do have them, you notice that they're plastic windows because they don't have the same kind of clarity as glass. So gray, amber, yellow, different companies have different names. They might have a different finish on them. So the outs from the outside, it might look green. Well, if it's green, it's probably going to be an, an amber lens. If it looks blue, there's a good chance it's going to be a gray lens. But they put that mirrored finish and some, you know, you, you look at an ad, whether it be for a high-end sunglass or something on Amazon from, you know, some imported cheap thing, um, they're going to show you like the 15 different layers that exist in that one lens. And one of those lenses is going to be the, the, the color coding that's on that lens that gives it the, the look of it. So gray, amber, yellow, they're all worth having. I have all three. Price. Okay. This is where I probably get the most kickback. I told you my priorities earlier, rod, line, reel, sunglasses. I would go for the cheapest waders in the world and the nicest sunglasses in the world. I would go for cheapest fly boxes and nippers and tools and all that junk and buy the nicest sunglasses that I could buy. I want, I'd rather have for trout fishing, I'd rather have a great pair of sunglasses and a decent reel. I really want a good rod, I really want a good line, and I really want a good reel and wading boots. But again, that's another podcast from the day. But I want to spend a little bit more. I don't mind spending. 200 bucks on a pair of good sunglasses. How much money do you spend on a, on a fly rod? How many fly rods do you have that you've spent that amount of money on? What's, you know, one or two pair of $200 sunglasses in the grand scheme of things? And you're going to use them even when you're not fishing. You're going to use them while you're driving. So I think there are some very good pairs of sunglasses you can get for 50 or 75 bucks. I think you some really good pairs for 150 bucks. I think you can get some just amazing killer glass lenses, quality frames, all the bells and whistles for $200. So, you know, you're talking 50 bucks from good to top of the line. I think that's worth it. There's a lot of things that I will not spend extra money on, but that is one of them. So that's kind of giving you my frame of reference. That being said, I fished with a pair of $25 Orvis lightweight yellow to copper sunglasses for probably 15 years. And I still have them. They're scratched to death but they still work. I used them as my jogging sunglasses for a number of years after I was done fishing in them. They were great. They were durable. I never had to replace them. The metal hinges didn't get rusty. Awesome pair of sunglasses, $25. It's probably like a $50 to $60 pair of sunglasses these days, but they work great, and I absolutely loved them, and they had everything I needed. They had that fit, they had the coverage, and they had a good pair of polarized lenses that were in them. I switched from those to a pair of kind of rimless glasses and I hated them. I, they just, I, they fell off a lot. I had to get big retainers for them, which I have no problem with retainers, but when the, the lens doesn't weigh anything and the frames don't weigh anything and the retainer ends up weighing as much as, if not more than the, the frame, the glasses themselves, it seems a little bit silly, but I wore those for a couple seasons and they just kept on getting scratched and I replaced the lenses a couple times and drove me nuts. So I switched to a pair of Costas. And I fell in love, and I think they are the best sunglasses that I've worn. I've tried on other pairs. I've worn other pairs. I actually own other pairs, but I love fishing in Costas. I fish out of a Costa Fantail Pro with the green mirror lenses, and that is my all-purpose fishing sunglasses. Uh, the, the Pro frames are awesome. They just came out uh, beginning of this year, and they have that sticky rubber on the arms and the nose pad and they offer a lot of coverage and this might seem like a silly detail but you know what if you can have it versus not having it i'm going to have it they've got little channels to funnel sweat out of your your lenses and off of your um where the arms make contact with your head 
cool little feature that absolutely comes in handy on these hot days we've had already uh, this season. But I also fish in a pair of Fantails and Costa's Silver Sunrise Mirror Lens. And these are my low light glasses. So it's awesome about these is that I knew that the Fantails fit me. And so when they came out with the Silver Sunrise Mirror Lenses in glass, I didn't have to try them on. I just ordered them online and boom, I got them and they fit exactly like my other fantails do. So those are my two pair of lenses and frames that I fish out primarily. They are not inexpensive, but like I said, I value a good comfortable pair of sunglasses that is going to um, last me on the water, that is going to last me while I'm driving, gonna do everything I need them to do, offer me that protection, give me that great clarity, and really it was the glass in those coasts that sold on me. But again, that might not be your thing, that might not be your priority, and I'm totally okay with that. I mean, I'm not trying to evangelize you in what sunglasses you should buy, but that's what I have, have fished out of historically and what I'm currently fishing out of now. So do you have a favorite pair of sunglasses, something that you think I should check out if and when I do need to make a switch? Let me know. Matthew at castingacross.com. I would love to hear about it. This week on Casting Across, Monday's article is called Memorial Day the Right Way. Memorial Day the Right Way. And it's just simply a couple of thoughts for celebrating Memorial Day. I'm not super patriot, but I'm also somebody who certainly appreciates what we have and how we've gotten it. And so there's a couple of words on that topic on uh, Monday, May 31st. Wednesday's article is called Smallmouth Will Ruin It. Smallmouth Will Ruin It. I got into a big smallmouth bass this weekend. I got into a really big largemouth bass, which I'll probably talk about next week, but I also got into a big smallmouth. And every time I catch a big smallmouth, and not even a big one, but like a moderate size one, like a 14 or 16 inch, I'm just reminded about how powerful and how fun these fish are. And this is, you know, I, I fished for them and I guided for them in Virginia for a number of years. I just don't fish for them as much as I used to, but I got into one by accident on a really, really slow river up in New Hampshire this weekend. And it just, it's so much fun. And it makes you like think, you know, trout are fun, but man, if I fish for smallmouth all the time, maybe I would. So smallmouth will ruin it. And what they're going to ruin, you'll have to read the article to find out. This week's recommendation on the podcast is something I wrote about years ago, and it's actually like a like a re-up on the recommendation. Duluth Trading Company's men's seven-year performance over-the-calf socks. Men's seven-year performance over-the-calf socks. So comfortable. Feet stay dry. Feet stay comfortable. They have a little bit of pressure where they should, kind of around the forefoot. Uh, they, the, they stay exactly where you need them to stay. They're just a great pair of socks, and they're $18, but my goodness, I've had them for a couple years, and they look brand new. They aren't bunched up. They aren't fuzzy. They, they awesome socks. I wear them under my waders. I wear them while I'm hiking. I wear them around the house. I wear them to work. They're great socks. They're not too bulky, and I, I just can't say enough about them. I, you know, I, I don't recommend things that I get uh, any sort of kickback for, uh, you know, generally speaking, but I have absolutely no relationship with Duluth Trading Company. They're an enormous company, but these socks are some of my favorite socks out there. So check them out. I'll put a link to the Duluth Trading Company's seven-year performance over the calf socks on the show notes to this podcast on castingacross.com. Thanks for listening to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. Please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and rate the podcast on iTunes. Then head over to castingacross.com where you'll find more info on this podcast and three posts a week on the people, places, and things that go into the pursuit of fish. Four in the morning. 
Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.